All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Blacker Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, mental health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more.
and trust. When we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our intention is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, boo-boos. It's good to talk with y'all. Yes. <laughs> it's good to talk it's with you. It's good to be here. Yes. Shit, in a better Happy state. Happy 200th episode. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. Being this bitch. We've been here for 200 episodes. It's the commitment for me. Mm-hmm. The consistency. Yes. The show up. Thank the y'all. The show out. And thank y'all for being here mm-hmm. for 200 episodes. Never would have made it. Who would have thought? Jesus. That we would be here when we first sat down on your living room floor with our um, spiked eggnog. Yeah, and here we are. All these years later, all these episodes later, and all these motherfucking downloads later. Yes. So happy. Living the dream. Dead at the dream. (laughs) (laughs) We're living it up. It is a good day. So how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um... Saturday, these weekends, somebody said, I'm so tired of weekends being one minute. Yeah. And I am too. Saturday, um, we had an event, a baby shower. Um, so did that and then celebrated Kat's birthday, a little mm. pool party, shebang, backyard boogie oogie oogie. Sunday, um, celebrated Jackie's birthday, cancer season. Right. Full effect. Harriet's rooftop, cute little vibe. Went to Elysian Park for a little hangout and then um, took it on in. Yeah. How was your weekend? The exact same. (laughs) Uh Saturday had a good time, but you know, something was placed in our drinks. Oh my God. I don't quite know what what it was, but something was placed in those cocktails. Something that wasn't wholesome. Yeah, yeah once we literally I was, had um, two little, like not even full six four, six ounce cups, two six ounce cups of margarita. Yeah, and when I tell you something went through my body, something coursed through my body, and I had no longer had control. I'm like, I have not ever felt it. Well, I have, but it's I haven't felt that drunk in a long time. You know? The, yeah, you were looking it. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling it like very out of control, and I don't like to drink like that. So I usually, you know, limit my intake, which I thought I was doing. But yeah, two drinks felt right to me. Two drinks is like a a good adult minimum. Come on. Once I had the white claw in my hand and I took a sip, I said, "Mm -mm." something I already didn't feel good. I feel like if I would have drank that, I would have been throwing up on my knees, hands and knees. I would have felt like that. I, I threw up and I haven't thrown up in years. Yeah. I'm like, like oh, hell to the gnaw. I don't like to be like this. Once I was in my um, home in the complete dark at 8 p.m. in my panty, no pants, <laughs> I said, in, in with my top on, I'm like, mm, what a day. I answered the door. I'm like, huh. Oh, God. I had to get in that bed. And then Andres and I were going to get something to eat. I said, there's no way I can get up. We were just like, fuck it. Ooh, what a night. 
But Sunday, oh God, yeah, had a great little time. Summer is is here. It is. I feel like last week or even the last couple of weeks, we've been saying like it doesn't really feel like summer, but this weekend kind of kicked it off for me. It felt like summer. Like yeah. once you're hopping from function, function to, to function, function. yeah, I'm and it's like, really yeah. the two days of activity. And it's That's the weather. It feel, the weather was beautiful, hot as fuck. Yes, yeah, the weather. It's everything. It's day parties. It's giving rooftop. It's giving cute dress colors. I'm like, all right, we're here. Summer, I've arrived. <laughs> summer, I have arrived. Hey, so, summer. Um, hey, girl. Yeah. Harriet's was a nice little vibe, little family time, celebrating mm-hmm. Jackie's birthday. Yes. And then... Um, park after and then andres and i actually went to the beach after yes so we didn't get home until like 11 30 yeah we didn't leave the beach till 10 by the time we made it to the car it was like a 10 30 get home it was like 11 yeah Ooh, one thing about the beach is gonna tear your toes up even the even the jail yeah along the cuticles i'm like i was definitely in the sand yeah especially when you're dancing in the sand but you know what for that event i'll sacrifice my toes my feet was looking so crazy when i let them hit the shower i was like babe come on just (laughs) put your feet in here (laughs) it's a nightmare it's a nightmare oh you know what i watched yesterday finally power parasite Oh, that was good. So I told good. you about that, like, what, last year? Yeah, you did. So I good. I watched it last night. Such a good movie. I didn't think I would be into it because... Subtitles. Yeah, you yeah. know how I am with yeah. TV. But it had me. It was so good. Oh, my fucking On edge. God. I'm Towards like, the these end. motherfuckers is crazy. Yeah. I'm, Great we're not, movie, guys. not going to ruin the end. because. No. The no. end has a nice twist. A sick one. Yeah, but it's really, really good. It's really good. Oh, I'm I liked glad. It. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. Did you tell your boo-boo to watch it? We watched it together. Oh, cute. Oh, he already okay. watched it two times. Okay, so you were late to the party. I was late. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say that's definitely a movie that he would like. Or he like loved, to yeah, recommend. he loves it. That's why we watched it. And I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. Cute. No, I started watching it. was watching. actually a movie that I ended up liking. Power. Power's back, baby. Oh, Power's back? Power Universe. I don't know if I'll ever catch up. But I mean, this is a good time to start watching it because, well, Kanan's story is a completely different story from. Oh, so I can start. You can start Kanan, but it's. it's. I don't got the background. There is no background for Kanan because it's a brand new series. It, well, the character's not new because we already know Kanan from the previous, you know, right. from the show. Right. But they're giving his story, how he came to be, his background. So it's a brand new series. Although it's still in the power universe. That's gotcha. how they're breaking it down now. I would still recommend starting power from the beginning. The beginning. Okay. And then watch the spinoffs. Yeah. I really want a Tommy spinoff. Tommy is a great character. But Kanan is good. Andres and I, we were like power tonight. We watched it last night. You know, we'd be thirsty for yeah, the show. Yeah, y'all be thirsty. But I did mm-hmm. finish Your Honor. Oh, yeah. Which... Sick, sick twist, twist on that one too yeah. i'm like oh is this coming back what the hell i love that i'm waiting um, on your honor to start back. what's his name's coming back what? the show the pink oh yes that's baby. why i paid um, i paid for stars so i already paid for life. stars i paid for it last oh. night we both don't need to be paying we don't like <laughs> need to split that shit period no 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 but when is that coming back when is um i think um sometime this month p valley p valley Ooh. yeah sometime this month and that had me in a chokehold so yeah no no i'm excited yeah i already i pay i had to renew my subscription last For night power. yeah i should have told you before yeah you should have because now they have my nine dollars yeah. and i don't believe in giving the man unnecessary money right not when we can get over baby yeah 
So, yes, the weekend was good. good I'm ready weekend. for another jam-packed weekend. Yeah. Um, I love it here. Although L.A. did have to go back under a mask mandate, indoor and outdoor. Yes. Despite vaccination status. So Because there's variants. There's variants and the cases are rising crazily. So we're back in our mask. And y'all just say, ugh, that's going to be so ghetto. I cannot imagine wearing a mask at the wall. Oh. It just totally takes the vibe I think away. that's considered outdoor, though. Because, oh, you know, like, it's oh, open. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Then I'm uh, yeah, with it. it's a different vibe. And I think once you have drinks, then you can take your mask off. So I think that's, like, the eating and drinking yeah, that, rule. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But y'all stay safe out there because it's, um, real. it's still real. Yes. And we want everybody, all our homegirls, healthy and doing hot girl shit in good health. In good health. That's important shit. <laughs> yes. Or else it's cold, girl. Yes. Um, What we also want you guys, you hotties, to do um, is to continue to rate and review. Y'all I see you all. Um, what needs to be why done do, this why, But why do we have to thread it? And some, one mommy left a review saying she imagined me candy manning her ass. And if that's what it's going to take for you to leave your rating and review, imagine then, me. Then pop- is that the song? For Kirk, Candyman? Kirk Franklin. Oh. Imagine. Uh, why would you bring Kirk Franklin in on a candy man? Santana did. Uh-uh. Santana really wants I've to work. I've been looking for you night after night. <laughs> now, listen, I have you fucked that Kirk Franklin uh, baby. Oh that Kirk God. Franklin, I realize. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but seriously. He really wants to work with Kirk Franklin. Santana. And that's just crazy. Santana. Santana got to take that BBL Before we out. go back to the ratings and the reviews, uh, I just have to say, now that I've been on TikTok, Santana and Carisha are gold. Their lives create funny. some funny-ass content. I love it. I love them. They I go live on together. TikTok? No, but you know, people remake it on TikTok. Um, so it's so fucking funny. Yeah, they're, they're pretty funny. They're funny. But like, Carisha girl, no. She's it's like, not- Santana. Because what the fuck? Anyway. <gasps> Um, yes, please continue to come through and leave your ratings and reviews. Um, just so we're clear, because I think there may have been um, misunderstanding or maybe we forgot to say. But we're specifically talking about leaving the ratings and reviews if you listen via Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. because that's where you can and that's where they really count. But if you're an Android mommy, you can leave your review in the form of a screenshot and a share on social media and a share <laughs> and a share and a share on social media okay so let's re- read our review of the week this one comes from jw21 she says you know what why, why? i love black people i needed to hear this podcast not once but twice i might click on it and hear the word again while i go on a walk Creating a positive routine was one of the things I was doing while on lockdown. It seems like since the world opened up and we outside, I lost control of my routine. I was at my happy moment. I'm choosing to go back to the happy to my happy moment. Keep coming with the homegirl big sister vibes. Period. And you know what? There's an honorable mention here for Taylor Dawkins. What she she said at this point. Oh, yes. If you're a listener and haven't shared, reposted or reviewed this gem of a podcast, then leave. We're getting our girls to their review goal by the end of 2021. You deserve it. Thank Period. you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. You know what the fuck going on. Yes. I love that. I love you for us. Yeah. Get that head. Get that bread. And leave. Purr. So. Um, Patreon. Patreon. My God. My brain is all foggy. So if you haven't already, 
please come join us over. Please. Please. <laughs> please come join us over on Patreon. It's our exclusive membership community. Y'all know what we're doing over there. There's bonus episodes. There's tons of goodies. Yes. We're switching to a one size fits all tier really soon this month. Hold us accountable. Please. Um, yeah. I was thinking about that today. I said, yeah, let me do this. It's going to happen. Where you get everything for just one flat rate. So we're pretty excited about it. We want you to be excited about it. We have our pit playlist that just dropped, which is a vibe. Um, really good summer tunes. Yeah, very good summer tunes. That and was my playlist for the weekend, and it will be my playlist for next. Yeah, I too listen to it all weekend. And um, we're going to be dropping our check-in and our bravado bonus episode this month. So if you love us like you say you love us and you want more than just what we provide here on the main platform, then just tap in with us over on Patreon and see if it's something you something you need in your life, what you do. You do. So, so let's shout out our new patrons. We have Tracy. Hey, Tracy, girl. And Bianca. Hey, Bianca. Who is a homegirl? I mean, who is a... a bestie a bestie shit love to have y'all yes it's a pleasure it is okay so new week new tea where we kiki with you and you kiki with we so this is a portion of our show where we dish a little tea about things happening out in the streets pop culture and things of that like um danny lay revealed that she's pregnant with child with child expecting which we already knew we knew this because the world knew the world clocked it people been all in the comments talking about who's the baby daddy she said she having that baby that the baby, the baby. baby. she oh, having Lord. the baby that's the baby daddy right of course yeah. yeah it's him i really hate that he wasn't present for the baby shower i hate when these it was queens, in the dominican republic i don't care nigga you fly everywhere else get your ass here oh my god did you see what he did to them little boys with the candy I'm not, I don't have no comment on that because uh, I think that his money is his money. And he I was agree giving his him, money was his money. I just don't think it needed to be recorded and posted. Well, I don't think that initially it was supposed on to be a blast. Story. It wasn't a blast. He wanted to give, he was going to give him all of the money for the candy or whatever, but they kind of, you know, y'all know the tea. He felt like they tried to take advantage of him because. Then just let it go. Be like, you ain't getting nothing and we going on. It was a posting for me. You know, people got to post when they do something good or whatever. Right. Um. But yeah, he should have been there in the Dominican Republic. I was not feeling that dress. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, close up the either wear a two piece or close up the belly. That's the little, been the new thing. The cutout is freaky as fuck. Yeah. Just seeing that little belly hang out like that is really freaky. She's me. having a girl. Oh, she is? Yeah. Her father revealed. Nigga. I'll be like, Daddy, what Nigga's is she like, doing? She is our, you know, parents. You can barely get keep them on a leash. Uh. Yeah. So she's having a girl. Um, Not not really a shocker there, but it's happening. Um, He would, the baby would have needed to be there with me and the baby. He, you have to get I bet here. his baby mama was sick. Steaming. Mimi. Yeah. Mimi, because they already have a daughter, a little baby girl. Don't they got two kids? I think so. I she know had that. just had another one. It's very sickening, but he would have had to be present. I'm sorry. It's your child. Yeah. <laughs> Get here. Yeah. Get here. Although, I mean, they're not a family. They're, I mean, they're not a couple. So it's like your baby shower is for you. Yeah. But it's just the optics. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Please be here. But I mean, the decision was made. That's crazy how that relationship was so short-lived. A baby came up out of it. And before the baby's here, it's already a done daughter. I would be looking like, what the fuck is happening here? I think they were together like a year on and off type vibe. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But she's been by herself majority of the pregnancy. Right. Which is the part that would just kill me. Yeah. Like, we didn't have to do this. We yeah. didn't have to do this. But I know people want babies for them. Yeah. And all that. So, I mean, you know, do what's choices best for you. Yeah, do what's best for you and your family. <laughs> the choices. Yep. But I would just be like, wow. You already know how I'm rocking. So I gave the I'll be like, sacrifice. nigga, you don't want me to don't talk to me. Yeah. Let's be done with this whole thing. But, you know, I was listening to Good Moms Bad Choices, and mm-hmm. they had their latest episode with, with um, Nurse Mo. Yeah, and she she was giving a different perspective about how she decided um, to not have her father be a part the her child's father. She's currently pregnant, be a part of the child's life. So, if you're interested in hearing it, it's a, it was a cool. Episode. It was a good episode. Yeah, I listened to that listen. one. It was good. Different, a nice, fresh perspective, especially yeah. if you're in that situation. There's yeah. relatability there. So. Exactly. Check out our boo boos. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's happening. Um. Kanye West has a new album coming out, Donda, which is his late mother's name. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody feels differently about Kanye West. All I hope is that this ain't no bullshit. You know that he's putting out. I'm always torn with Kanye because, you know, I'm really a Kanye fan. When he pulled for the last four years, I was not feeling that. I wasn't. Being, a very, being all Trumpy and shit. But I'm a Kanye West. Somebody said Trump's out of office now. Come on back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the music, Come I've always back. been a, a big Kanye fan. Like, I really, really love 808s and Heartbreaks. Like, just every album that Kanye's put out, I've really enjoyed it. So, I'm I'm just going to be honest. I'm excited. I'm excited just to hear. You I'm know? not excited. I'm I'm skeptical because he's been on that bullshit. But if he shocks us and he puts out some heat, I'm gonna be listening to it. Yeah, I like listen. I'm gonna listen. He can't. He did what needed to be done with the Sunday service choir. The Sunday service choir deserves a Grammy. Did he get? He got one. Oh, they did. But you know, like, damn, what happened? I, you know, and I'm always. I think that was just a phase, like a moment in time. That kills me. That kills me. He uprooted people from their church. (laughs) Like, come on, that kills me. I don't. I mean, but it was they did what needed to be done, and we got to witness it in real life. We did, and for that. I am grateful. But you know what? Like Kanye was saying, he was like um, a Christian artist. So I'm wondering what approach he's taking. Oh, you know what? He did did go on that whole rant about how he was only working for Christ. So I want to see what's Donda giving. That's what I'm wondering. Did you revert back? You know what? The thing is, Kanye, I take Kanye with such a grain of salt. That shit that he be doing, be going in one ear and out the other. So when people are hella passionate, I just kind of be like, you know, I don't really give a fuck. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think Kanye is one of those people who is like always living in his truth, even if you don't like it. Rather that I'm going to support this fucking bitch ass Trump or I feel like I'm really on my I'm on fire for Christ. <laughs> you know, we get on fire for Christ. Rather, he's on fire for Christ and then he wants to do secular music, whatever it is, he's just going to do whatever he's going to do. And we just all here to just witness him live out his truth. That's what I truly feel about him. And he don't give a fuck about what none of us thinking about it because he's just doing his own thing. So which I is why I'm not emotionally tied to the things exactly that he does because, specifically Kanye. Yeah, he's kind of like, um, although I think that Lil Nas X is like trolling, he, he knows how to manipulate social media and the interwebs very well. But I think that he's also becoming one of those artists who are just like living out his creative artistry and we're just witnessing it. 
Like he goes from country to pop yeah, to, you know, whatever it is that he's feeling at the moment. So Kanye is definitely one of those artists and we'll give you some feedback when it drops. Donda. Yeah, he, he did the low key. Whoever's doing it, he, he's probably doing his marketing. The little low key marketing. You saw he was with Justin LaBoy. Exactly. And Justin was tweeting about it. I mean, putting it on his page, which that page has so many followers. It has black, the black culture in a chokehold. Right. So he definitely wants black, the black people, people to, to know, know. The, how he coming and that he's coming. Yeah, he don't want it. To, he's not doing the Beyonce drop. No. He's not doing the self-titled drop. He's not. He's also having a concert. Oh. Like an album release concert this week. Oh. Oh, so. I, I can't wait to be at somebody's concert. I know. We used to live for a concert. That's the yeah, um, action. Yeah, yeah. I'm itchy. So, yeah. So, we'll see what Donda talking about. Um, lastly, we want to say rest in peace to Frankie, who is Keisha Cole's mother, who passed away. Um, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I read that it was due to a drug overdose. Frankie was TV gold, reality TV gold. No. She is just funny as fuck. She was funny as fuck. So I was sad to hear that. Sad for Keisha because I know that she really tried to help her mother. But that, that addiction. Ooh. You know, when I was watching. Is uh, nothing to play with. Power. I said, Lord, thank you for not bringing me up in those times. Yeah. Like being born in the 60s or the 70s and having to grow up in the 80s with like crack and experiment. Y'all know how we experiment now with some shit. Like yeah. imagine getting your hands on some crack thinking that was going to come and go. Yeah, no. And then it just never releases you from its grip. It has you in a, it really has you in a stronghold. And I was watching the Nivea interview with Candy and she was talking about how cocaine had her in a stronghold and she just broke down in complete tears. And I did too because you can really. See, the, See the pain and the effects and how she really is like, she's no longer using. And she didn't, Candy asked her when she stopped, she didn't want to say. She <gasps> said it wasn't yesterday, and it, but it wasn't hella long ago. Oh. I think it might have been like, she said, I think over a year. Still battling. It's going to be an ongoing She battle. just was ready to lose it all. Her kids, she just didn't give a fuck. Drugs are powerful. Yeah. And I've experienced them firsthand in my family and it's just very sad to see. And like you can't you just can't do anything for the people who don't want to be helped. Yeah. So prayers, prayers to Keisha Cole's family, Frankie's family, because that's sad. Yeah, it really is. Um, But yeah, that's the tea for this week. That is a tea. That was some good tea. I appreciate that because some weeks be dry. <laughs> um, But last week's episode, right? Are we there? We're there. Perfect. I I'm still keeping up catching up. <laughs> We're there with this rollout. Right. So <laughs> last week's episode, y'all, we kicked off a new series, part one of our surviving over thriving, thriving over surviving series. Pardon me. We talked about living intentionally. We discussed how we're kind of tired of going through the daily motions of life and how easy it is to lose touch with ourselves. So we were really reflective about how we've been moving sticking and grooving and how we're trying to transition back into operating in um, at our highest selves, being very intentional with the things that we do, um, you know, and just being purposeful when we can as much as we can. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that you feel inspired to get back into your routines and doing the things that help you feel 
um, like you are vibrating higher and thriving and doing the best that you can, because that's really what it allowed us to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I need to tap into my routines this week. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I got a little, I got some of them cracking. A little taste? A little taste. I said, you know what? I'm going to do baby steps because I know if I just die fully in, that's going to be too much for me. And I want something that's sustainable. So I got to baby by step little. that shit. Yeah. Tonight, so. maybe I'll do a little root night routine. I haven't quite committed. <laughs> right. This probably isn't the best week for me to go to the gym yet. No, no, I think I don't think it's that's time. gotta come next, next week. Next week, I I don't, I don't uh, think yeah. it's time. Next week because um I'll be completely moving out of my apartment this week. Oh yeah, yeah. getting the last little bit of things and doing that whole thing. And I said, Lord, I can't stretch myself. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, no. Doing the stretch like a slinky or some shit. I'm not <laughs> yeah, here for it. Yeah, no. So yeah, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, take a moment. Um, it's there for you. And tap in. Let us know what y'all think, too. We really need y'all to share. Um, This is a call to action. This is your CTA. CTA. Please share the podcast. If you find the content valuable, relevant, relatable, you feel like there's somebody in your group chat or your homegirls who might find the content useful, share it. This podcast grew very organically over the last five years by word of mouth and people just putting their homegirls on. um, And we need y'all to keep that up. Yeah, we rely on that. That's still a thing. It's always going to be a thing. So So this week, um, again, this is our 200th episode. And we're continuing our Thriving Over Surviving series. And we have a special guest with us. Yes. I guess we should just jump into it because we intro her great episode talking about some things that we've been affected by personally. And you uh-huh. probably have to. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's just see y'all on the it. other side. BGB gang. We're having a hot girl summer, which means we're presenting our best selves in the streets and in the sheets. And what better way to make that happen than by shopping with Savage X Fenty. You know, I did my shopping Mm -hmm. and I found the cutest set. I feel super cute and confident in my Gingham Remix set. It's flirty, it's sexy, but still fun, just like me. I love the way my ass looks in the ruffle trim undies. Y'all, it's the Mod Poppy Lace Bralette and Crotchless. You heard that right, girls, Crotchless. High leg bikini for me. I didn't realize how sexy and comfortable crotchless panties could be but these have definitely become a new favorite of mine and my boo-boos okay you know a little spicy through our savage x fenty journey we've learned that wearing lingerie and cute undergarments is an act of self-care you can feel sexy and confident for your damn selves savage x fenty is all about inclusivity they're out here making lingerie for the ponies and for the stallions if you have a body, it belongs in Savage X Fenty. Yes, it does. Right now, Savage X Fenty wants to give the BGB gang two bras for $29 plus 50% off everything else with your first VIP order. That's saving a lot of coins, homegirls. So if you've been waiting on the sign to spruce up your lingerie collection or to throw out those tattered panties, here it is. Shop our favorite Savage X Fenty styles at www.savagex.com slash bravada. Right now, get on your phone, get on your computer, and go to 
www.savagex.com slash bravado. I'm going to tell you guys again, because it's not a promo code, you need to go to www.savagex.com backslash bravado. B-R-A-V-A-D-O. See you on the other side. Today we have with us a special guest, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, who is a licensed psychologist, speaker, and host of the popular mental health podcast therapy for black girls, which I'm a huge fan of. So super excited to have Dr. Joy with us today. Uh, Her work focuses on making mental health topics more relevant and accessible for black women. And she delights in using pop culture to illustrate psychological concepts. She's been featured all over the place. Essence, O Magazine, Huffington Post, Bustle, Refinery29, all over the place. Dr. Joy, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So today we are going to be talking about, um, we're in the middle of our Thriving Over Surviving series where we're transitioning from just surviving into a thriving state because we deserve that. Mm -hmm. And the key piece to thriving over surviving is our mental health and therapy is a great tool to help address some of those mental health concerns. So you're the perfect person to speak with us and our our guests, I mean, our audience about this topic. So how did you get into this field? Like, what was the spark that got you into therapy or being a therapist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually had the opportunity to take a psychology class in high school. Um, and really just fell in love with the field. So I just thought it was so interesting. Um, I'm somebody who is kind of naturally curious about human behavior and like why we do the things that we do. Um, And so once I found like psychology, it was like, oh gosh, this is a perfect fit. Like you can do this as your work. Um, And I actually thought that I wanted to be a professor. So I thought I wanted to kind of teach other people psychology. Um, But then I had an opportunity to do a practicum where I like observed a therapist doing therapy and was like, oh no, this is actually what I want to do. Um, And so since then, you know, my background, a lot of my work history has been in college student mental health. And so, you know, really helping young people or, you know, younger um, Black women specifically to kind of really pay attention to their mental health and pay attention to things like setting boundaries and, you know, how to really manage your emotions has been something that has been really important to me. Everything we need. Are you currently practicing, (laughs) practicing, uh, practicing therapist now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do still have a very small caseload just because I really, really love doing therapy and I don't completely want to give it up. Um, but much of my work now is, you know, managing the podcast and those kinds of things. Love when we can completely transition over to the entrepreneurial side of it, because, <laughs> you know, being a therapist is admirable. You know, it takes a lot of energy. Uh, what do you, what is the difference between therapy and a, or a psychologist and a psychiatrist? Can you explain that? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a really good question because I think a lot of people, when they start looking for therapy, get really confused about like what all these different letters are mm-hmm. behind our names, right? And so a psychologist, which is what I am, um, is somebody who typically has a doctoral degree. Um, so you can uh, either have a PhD or a PsyD, which is a doctor of psychology. Um, and those are typically people who have gone to school um, for probably four plus years and have a terminal, terminal degree in the field. Um, but they typically will do things like therapy or assessments or psychoeducation, like those kinds of things. A psychiatrist is somebody who's actually gone to medical school. Um, So these are people who can actually prescribe medications. Sometimes 
they do also do therapy, but primarily they are looking at, you know, like medication and like helping you to kind of manage your mood or manage whatever your symptoms are related to medication. So with that process, like, um, I know there's some people who just feel like, they know their mood is off and it needs to be regulated and they just want to go straight to meds. What is the process? Mm -hmm. Do you have to speak with a therapist first or can you just go straight to a psychiatrist and say, give me some meds. I know that I need them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can go straight to a psychiatrist. Now, you know, the psychiatrist will still talk with you about what's going on and make an assessment about whether they actually think that you need medication. Um, So just because they can prescribe doesn't mean they always will, Um, you know, depending on what's going on with you. And the research has been really consistent that for a lot of things, the combination of both medication and therapy are what's going to best help you. Um, So even if your psychiatrist does say, okay, I'll give you this prescription to help manage whatever symptoms you're having, they might also suggest that you work with a therapist in conjunction with taking the medication. Tandem, you need both. You need both, yeah. The medication that you need to sit down and speak to somebody. Yeah. So, Dr. Joy, you mentioned that right now you have a a relatively small caseload because you're focusing so much on the podcast therapy for Black girls. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us about the show, what inspired you to start the podcast and how you got here? Hmm. Yeah. So before Therapy for Black Girls was my full time job, I was a director of the Counseling Center at Clark Atlanta University. Um, and my commute there was like an hour both ways. Mm-hmm. And so I fell in love with listening to podcasts. So the read, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how a lot of us kind of got yes. into podcasting. Um, you know, that was one of my favorite shows. And I just thought it was so hilarious. And I was already blogging on the Therapy for Black Girls website. But once I found podcasts, I thought, oh, wow, this would be a great thing to add to the blogs that I'm already doing because it feels like, you know, it would be a great way to maybe reach other people who prefer to listen to their content. Um, And my husband actually has a background in like radio production. And so I knew he could help like produce the show and I wouldn't have to like go out of out of the house really um, to get those services. And so, um, you know, I just thought like, okay, let me try this. Like I took a course. um, So there is a psychologist who has Uh, a podcasting course that teaches you like all the basics you need to know, like how to upload a file, you know, all that stuff that you don't hear when you listen to like somebody talking on a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I took his class um, and then came up with um, a couple of ideas for like what the first couple of episodes would be. And I just put it out there. Wow. And look at it now. It's blown up. And look at it now. It is huge. My mom, I told my mom today, like um, we have an interview with Dr. Joy from therapy for black girls and she just loves you she was so excited she was like oh my god (laughs) she looks so excited so you have reached far and wide um and we're and we're very grateful because in the within the communities of color there has been a stigma associated with mental health and speaking with the professional. Um, It wasn't always encouraged. And thankfully, Mm -hmm. it's being more encouraged. And we have platforms like yours that are tremendously helpful. So with that stigma um, still being a thing, is there Mm -hmm. a certain approach that you take when you're speaking with women of color when it comes to mental health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I really feel like you have just given me a great example of the work that I'm trying to do, right? So the fact that both you and your mom listen to the podcast, right? And so 
so much of the stigma related to mental health, especially for Black women and women of color, is related to the fact that we are sometimes like the first ones in our family who might mm. be going to therapy, right? Yes. And so the fact that you both could have this content, right? Like you could talk about an episode, it really allows you to bridge that gap and it makes you, um, makes it more accessible and makes it easier to have some of these conversations that you and your mom maybe never would have had if you like couldn't come around a podcast episode, right? And so I really love that people use the podcast episodes in that way. So maybe there's a conversation you want to have with like your mom or your aunt and you don't quite want to say it, but you could say, oh, did you hear this latest episode, Dr. Joyce talking about like boundary setting? Mm -hmm. And then it opens up this whole conversation and you're really kind of focused on the content as opposed to maybe directly saying like, hey, I don't like it when you do this thing, right? Right. To that place. But you can start with the podcast episode. And so I think that that really has done some incredible things in really breaking down that stigma. I think also one of the big things or the the main factors that has led to stigma in our community um, is like religion and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so I think for a very long time, people felt like, you know, if you needed to talk to a therapist, that meant you weren't praying hard enough or that you had a a weak relationship with, you know, whoever um, you, you are, you know, whatever faith community you're a part of. And we, of course, know that that's not true. And so I think the more we have conversations about this, I'm really excited and encouraged to see so many like faith leaders bringing therapists into their congregations to have a conversation about mental health. You know, so I really think the more that we talk about it, the more we kind of chip away at that stigma that still exists. Definitely. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Hey, bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? 
Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories, like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, mm. And let's not forget, Black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom question you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she's overcame. This book becomes a legacy and something you and your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm so excited about mylifeinabook.com because I'm planning on gifting my mom with this. She's always loved reflecting on memories and sharing her stories. And I know this will be the perfect gift to capture those moments for her. The thoughts of her flipping through the pages and reliving those cherished memories brings a smile to my face already. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code bravado at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code bravado for 10% off today. 
I know that um, personally, my mom, she just started going to therapy, which she's so happy about. She's like, I was talking to my therapist. (laughs) And I'm like, girl, I'm glad because we all need someone to speak to about it. But I feel like currently um, millennials and people who are a little younger are a little more open to the idea of therapy Mm -hmm. just because we are growing up in this more progressive forward conversation or around conversations and dialogues around mental health and mental wellness and self-care where our parents are like kind of just get into the party. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really nice, like you said, that we have these opportunities to talk with mental health professionals and open up the door and bridge the gap so that, you know, it creates a better dynamic between our parents and I to talk about tough conversations. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she's talking about things that she's healing from and I'm sharing my opinion with her. So, you know, it's really, really, um, a beautiful thing to see how much we, how far we've come with like mental health and wellness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. And, yeah. Um, that's really what we want to talk about today. Um, a lot of the times what drives us into therapy are our relationships and it can be like platonic relationships, parental relationships, a lot of the time, like romantic relationships. and in order to thrive, there are some things that have to be like unpacked and uncovered and healed in those relationships, which a therapist Mm -hmm. is the perfect place to have those conversations because sometimes we don't know why we do the things that we do. And I've Mm -hmm. been to a therapist. um, I want to find a new one because through our sessions, I realized that that therapist wasn't a good fit for me, but some Mm -hmm. things were uncovered. For sure, um, some questions that I had, and we started with um, childhood. It started with parent parental relationships, and I'm like, here we go. So we <laughs> want to talk today about father wounds and mother wounds because we feel like once we address those, we will notice like a turnaround in the way we show up for others and how we can communicate to other people for them to show up with us. So in your conversations and through your work, have you noticed like a lot of people are faced with father wounds and mother wounds? I think that a lot of people are, um, but not everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about like this language around like mother wounds and father wounds, what we're really talking about is like ruptures in those very early relationships. And so, of course, that can be with your parents, but it also could be with whoever your early caregivers were, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're a baby and there's no, you know, there's no language, um, you're really depending on your caregivers to kind of do everything for you. And so the way that that relationship develops and whether you feel secure and attached in that relationship really can dictate and kind of determine what your relationships will look like in later life. And so when we're talking about there being wounds in some of those early relationships, that's what you're referring to. So definitely, you know, that that does come up for a lot of people. What what would you say are some examples or some symptoms of having these like parental pains, even if we don't have to call them wounds or ruptures or whatever, you know, mother pains, father pains? What would you say some symptoms or some examples of these um, wounds would be? Mm hmm. 
So sometimes like the parent was completely absent. And so we know that, you know, not having some of those people there in early life can really um, cause some difficulties later in in your life with like attachment and feelings of abandonment. Um, So that's one, Um, having a caregiver who was kind of checked out. So maybe they were physically there, but like were always working or always preoccupied with other kinds of things. Um, That's something else that we will sometimes see. Um, Also, you know, parents or caregivers who have been abusive in -hmm. lots of different ways. So whether that is physical abuse or verbal abuse, you know, you will also see some ruptures in relationships related to those kinds of dynamics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some deep shit. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I've mentioned on this podcast before how I, um, how I definitely have acknowledged that I have father wounds because my father was absent for the majority of my life. He just Mm -hmm. came back into my life like a year over maybe going on two years now. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I was listening to your podcast with the therapist. I believe his name was Nick, who was mm-hmm. talking Nick about Hardy. father-daughter relationships. And that yeah. was such a good rela- uh, such a good conversation because um, he was talking about how we have these expectations for our parents and we expect for them to be met and they're not. And then in adulthood, right when your parents sometimes re-enter, you still have that expectation and you're like, okay, so you're here now. That's what, that's how I felt. I'm like, okay, you're here now. You've re, you've re-entered. This is how Mm -hmm. I'm expecting you to show up. And I was let down. And Mm -hmm. I like how you said that you have to like release that expectation and figure out the best way to heal. So my question to you would be, what are some ways that we can work on our healing when we realize that an expectation that we have for a parent is not going to be met. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing that has to happen is that you have to verbalize that expectation because a lot of times what happens, and this can be in, you know, parent-child relationships, but in any of our relationships, we will often have expectations, but we don't actually verbalize it, right? So mm-hmm. we get into this thing of, wanting somebody to read our mind or, oh, they are this person. And so they should just know that I need this thing or I want this thing. Um, And that may be the case, but in other cases, they don't know unless you tell them. And so I think anytime we have a conversation about expectations, the first place we need to look at is whether you've actually verbalized that expectation. Um, Now, if you verbalize that expectation and, you know, kind of set some parameters for like how you want somebody to show up in your life and they don't, then I think that you then have to look at what kinds of boundaries you need to set in relationship to that person to keep yourself emotionally safe, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think you are setting yourself up for failure when you continue to have expectations for someone and they've shown you that they can't do or be whatever it is you're asking them to be. That's gospel, the communication piece. (laughs) Yeah, do you feel like you've done that? Do you feel like no, said- I feel like I not I feel like I definitely didn't do that because like you said, I in my mind I'm thinking you're the parent. Like why do I have right. to why do I have to communicate to you what's expected of a parent? It should be automatic, but I guess mm-hmm. there's some unfairness there because there's a certain way that I know that I need you to show up for me. So right. um I'm guess I'm doing a disservice to myself and to him by not just directly saying, you know what? Um I get it. You know, there was a disconnect. There's been a lot of space Mm -hmm. and time, but this is how I need you to show up so that we can have a stronger relationship or a relationship Mm -hmm. at all. So I get that. And it's funny because that 
that translates beyond the parent-child relationship. That's in all relationships. Sure. Like, you know your expectations. Mm-hmm. You have to clearly state them and allow the other person to show up. And then if they don't, then that's when you can make the decision on if you want to continue on or if it's not going to be a fit. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like I think that. And in the case, you know, you and your dad, um, <laughs> you're not a minor child, right? And so the things that you might have needed when you were like 10 years old are going to be very different than what you need at this age, right? Um, and in addition to him being your parent, you are also like, in some ways, kind of developing developing a relationship with a stranger, mm-hmm. right? And you're a young adult. And so, you know, you can't just expect that he will like automatically know how to parent you. Right. When really, it sounds like there's still a process of you all still getting to know one another. Very true. A stranger in my house. The inner child work. (laughs) Now you're reparenting. God damn. Who want to reparent in a nigga here? Right. Like, like, now I'm God. I just wanted to be a kid. (laughs) Why do I got to reparent in your present? Yeah. Um, You know, it's so funny. Speaking about father wounds and even mother wounds, for a long time, I didn't think that I had. I didn't think that I had any. I just was like, oh, my dad, well, my dad died when I was very, very young, like six months. So I didn't anticipate, I didn't internalize it being a father wound as much as I, I internalized it as like something was taken from me. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to say, oh no, I really do have daddy issues or a father wound. And up until recently this year, actually, I realized, oh, you know, there's some pieces of me that are missing there that, that hurt because of the absence of a father, you know, whether it was voluntary or involuntary. And the more that I um, grow and mature, I'm even noticing I have a really great relationship with my mom, but then there's also some, some pieces in our relationship that have a pain for me, I guess a little bit. Um, And I will, I'd like the way you mentioned it ruptured, called it rupture, like little hiccups because um, my mom is, her own person and she's healing and doing her own work. Right. And then there's, um, there's these pieces in our relationship that have trickled over into and and impact me the way that I mature and adult be, am just in general. And I've noticed Mm -hmm. that, um, like I'm like pretty fearful and, um, afraid to do certain things because of my mom. And I'm learning to kind of cut that little umbilical cord that keeps us, uh, you know, that keeps me so reliant on her and her nurturing the way she's mothered me. And I had this recent interaction or recent, recent experience where I moved, but I didn't want to tell my mom that I had found a place and I was going to see it because I was afraid that she would tell me not to go or not to do it. And I've noticed that within my own mother wound or whatever we want to call it, um, that, a piece of my healing and growing is learning my autonomy or learning my independence away from like my, my parent. Have you noticed that? Or is that, does that seem like something in the mother wound category? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think mother wound or not, that feels completely developmentally appropriate for where I assume you are in life. Right. So I don't know your exact age, but 32. Okay. okay. I'll be 33 soon. 17, 18 through like our early, early, you know, 30s is when we are kind of becoming like who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, whether there has been a rupture in that relationship or not, you are kind of developing separate from your your family. Um, and so definitely, you know, given this kind of a family history, 
who, you know, I mean, of course, mom is not here, but I'm sure that there is lots of anxiety and grief and lots of different things that developed as a result of the loss of your dad, Mm -hmm. right? And so, of course, her parenting may have been a little bit more anxious um, because she suffered this huge loss and Mm -hmm. was also colored by grief. And so, you know, I am sure that those are difficult kinds of things. um, And I hope that y'all can have that conversation, right? You know, because I think it's very telling for you to, like, be able to recognize for yourself, like, I'm anxious about telling my mom this and why should I be mm-hmm. right you know so you kind of doing what you need to do for yourself but I also think it's an opportunity for you to talk with mom about hey I've noticed this thing comes up in our dynamic and I want to mm-hmm. talk about it mm-hmm. you know and, and given that mom is in therapy now maybe a great time to try to have that conversation yeah right. that makes that seems like it makes it easier it's like you you understand you're get, now. Yeah, you're getting healed you're just <laughs> speaking with someone because i just want to say girl you know i didn't i that is how i told her i said girl you know i couldn't tell you child i just had to show up <laughs> i just had to do what i had to do honey because you were gonna stress me out as soon as oh, i told her yeah. where she was like oh no that ain't no good over there that ain't no good you don't want to be over there and then i'm like look at me here yeah and it's fine oh. and it's fine and i'm doing great you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, something else was funny. My grandma did the same thing. She was like, um, I just want to ask you. So is my boyfriend's name is Andre Andres. She was like, is Andres um, moving in? Has he moved in? And I wanted to say why right. <laughs> I wanted to say, you guys, I'm 30, about to be 33. Just leave me alone. Right. If he is, so what? She, yeah. I said, no, she said, oh, thank God. I know she's older school. She, you know, she don't want me shacking, but dang, I want to be like, right. stay out of my business, y'all. And, you know, that's um, that through like my learning and doing the work, I've been able to have some grace by um, looking mm-hmm. at family history and realizing like where the roots come from when it comes to mothers, yeah. because um, my mom's in therapy, too. And she has been like she talks to me about most of her sessions. I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. Cause I'm learning more about you through like, you know, her mm-hmm. sharing that. So I'm thankful that she wants to share it with me, but mm-hmm. um, I'm learning more about like her, her relationship with my grandmother, her mother. And it allows me to have more grace because it's like, you, this was the deck that you were presented with. Right. And right. you still were a great mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see why like some things were the way that they were and it makes Mm -hmm. me have more grace for my grandmother as well because there's roots there too. So um, we can acknowledge that there's work that we need to do when there's some things that like we didn't prefer, but also have grace at the same time, which I think everybody deserves. And it also helps us have better relationships because nobody is perfect. Like when you become a parent, you don't just have all the answers and all the tools to raise up perfect, perfect children. Like everyone's going to make mistakes, but. And you don't just stop being your own person. You just don't. You know, I feel like that's another thing. We just look at our parents as like, just my parent. You are not your individual self. So you need to show up ready to go healed whole, whatever you got to do to fix it so that I'm not impacted by it, you know, but ultimately I think we could just acknowledge that, we're all going to fuck somebody up and we've all been fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) But thankfully, like there's, there's like opportunities to unfuck ourselves. Yes. And I'm wondering like, okay, so I love the suggestion you made or the thing you touched on in the beginning where you said like, we can present 
something like a podcast episode to open up the floor for conversation. But what are some other tools that we can use to intro these difficult conversations that we want to have with our parents to let them know um, you kind of have me messed up or I don't mm-hmm. like when you do this or we need to address mm-hmm. this so that we can have a healthy relationship moving forward because there's tension here. There's so yeah. many um, broken mother, daughter, father, daughter, mother, son, like relationships. And I know that we have these yearnings in our heart for like them to be better, but some of us just don't know where but to start. Yeah. So like, what are some mm-hmm. ways if you can offer any that we can like start these conversations to move towards healing. Mm-hmm. So I just want to go back to the conversation around grace and like really um, pay attention to that because I think that that is so important. And I think you have to be careful though, like it is a both and, right? Like you can acknowledge that there are some ways that maybe your caregivers or parents really, you know, hurt you, right? And that's incredibly painful. And you can understand the context, right? So getting some of this family history and understanding like, oh, this is why they did the things that they did. So you can understand the pain of, you know, the relationship maybe your mom had with her mom and now see like, oh, okay, I see where that comes from. But that doesn't necessarily lessen the pain that maybe was inflicted upon you. So I think there's a way to kind of hold both of those things and and being able to have those kinds of conversations can ultimately lead to some healing. Um, So I just wanted to underscore that part because I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, So to your current question, though, of like, how can you have some of these conversations? Sometimes it might not need to be a conversation. Sometimes you may just need to move differently, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so when we're thinking about like boundary setting, um, you know, if you are kind of feeling like, okay, mom is calling me all the time or auntie is calling me all the time, then you just start answering lists, right? You know, so it doesn't always have to be like this huge conversation about all the ways that you've hurt me. Sometimes it is really just about you kind of restructuring your boundaries. Um, And the other thing is that I think you cannot take on all of the responsibility for how the relationship might look different, right? So, and this happens a lot when like we go to therapy and but our parents and grandparents don't want to, is that you learn all of these new things about yourself and you want to like dive into all of these conversations. But if they have not done the work or at, are not at a place where they can have those conversations with you, then you will maybe get a little frustrated because you'll be trying to push up against a wall that's not going to move. And so, you know, if you feel like they're open to the conversations, then you can use something like a podcast episode or a blog post or a social media post or a book that you find, right, to kind of say, hey, this made me think about like our relationship. I wonder if you have some thoughts about it or can we make some time to talk about it? Um, but sometimes they are not going to be ready to go there with you and it is no fault of your own they're just not ready so we have to take accountability for ourselves yes and not be I mean not be so quick to try to fix 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 as opposed to implement the boundaries that we need to keep ourselves safe and secure Mm -hmm. and um not I want to say have people have us fucked up but you know (laughs) that'd be me yeah (laughs) I always want to do that. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, and I need to probably stop doing this, that I always need to make sure that I'm not disrespected or like correct people when they try to disrespect me. Like, um, and it's any, and it's not even disrespect, but I'd be like having to flex my own muscle. Like, wait, hold on. Give an example of how you do that. You know, I had to do that this weekend. Mm. I had to do that. Okay, this is this happened. So I didn't talk to my mom, oh. and I love this girl. 
I love her to death. <laughs> would give her this romper off my back. But I, I had a busy day. I did not feel well. I went out and got something to eat. I came home. And then my mom called me. I missed her call. I called back. And she was like, I'm feeling some type of way. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and then mind you, she's in therapy. So sometimes I have to bring her tools back to the forefront so that she can remember that she has them and they're there for her to use. So I'm like, what? And then she's like, you know, I haven't spoken to you all day. You need to remember that no matter what, I am the mother. I'm the mom. Even if I don't call you, you call me and check in with me. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because I feel like I've done my work. So I just can't have people talk to me any kind of way. So I said, Ma, hold on. Wait, you know, I'm like, let's back up. What do you want to talk about? What did you want to talk about when you called? Well, I just wanted to call and say, I haven't heard from you. How's your day? I said, so let's let's start there. Let's go back there. And she was like, no, 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 no. She wanted to just gangbang on me and tell me that she's the mother and flex her black motherism. And I was like, that's not cool. You know, and I feel like I'm getting to this age where I have to be like, take away the mother daughter. Like we got to be woman to woman. Like, I don't want, you know, and I don't know if that's a matter of just growing pains and understanding that I'm maturing and that the mother daughter dynamic. I love it so much. I love my mom. We're like besties majority of the time. But then there's also this piece where I'm like, I have to continuously reinforce that like I am an adult, you know? So if you haven't heard from me or it, you can call me too. I don't want to deal with that. I feel like that black parent thing that we have in our community that's like, Y'all know what it is. Yeah, you're You're always in a a child's place. place. And it's like, I'm actually not in a child's place. I pay adult bills. Yeah, They come in every month and I'm paying them. (laughs) I cannot be treated that way. I don't know if that's just like growing pains or what, but that's kind of where I feel like I, that's where I'm identifying that I am right now. Because I can't imagine her talking to me like that when I'm like 40. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, and I think it will be up to you to kind of keep reinforcing that boundary, right? So you started the conversation then like, hey, this is not okay with me. And so every time she tries to do that, you will have to keep reminding her like, this is not okay with me. Um, you know, so it could be the kind of thing, you know, it sounds like there's a real need for her to kind of want to do this checking in. And, you know, I get some of that like safety, especially given, again, a very early loss in her life. Um, you know, so that is probably driving some of that. So it could be the kind of thing where y'all establish like times where you're going to check in, right? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of keeps away some of that needing to know everything because she knows on at 12 o'clock, you know, every other day she's going to talk to you, you know, so that may be something else to try. Yeah. Some tools. Yeah, it's the boundary mm-hmm. piece. It's the boundary. Yeah, <clears throat> which can be hard because you don't want to seem disrespectful. But at the same time, mm-hmm. sometimes parents are disrespectful too. And they have mm-hmm. to realize that you can't talk to people any kind of way. You can't put your hands on people. Mm-hmm. And yes, right. I was your child. I'm still your child, but I'm now an adult child. So we need to right. function like adults because you don't just go putting your hands on other adults and talking crazy the putting your hands on no i mean i've seen it i've seen it and it gets ugly so um yeah we don't want that no we don't want that we want there to be respect at the forefront always of all of um our relationships yes speaking of relationships so um when we're in romantic relationships Mm -hmm. what am i trying to say um 
obviously there can be some spillover of how we were raised and how and in how we operate in our romantic relationships. So how important mm-hmm. do you think it is to be healed from these parental ruptures before we enter romantic relationships? Is it impossible? Is it possible? Like how do we navigate that space when we're in romantic mm-hmm. relationships and either we have these parental ruptures or they have them? Like should should we be addressing them like, so what's your relationship with your parents? I need to know. And if it's bad, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I probably would not start off dating someone like that, right? Like that'd be the first date <laughs> questions. Um, that, that may be a bit of a turn off, right? But I do, and I and I don't necessarily think you have to be healed from these things to be in a romantic relationship because a lot of times you won't even know what some of those things are until you are in a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's not all that they don't always show up only in romantic relationships. But romantic relationships are a lot of times where we see some of these triggers kind of pop up. And so, you know, sometimes you don't know that you have like issues with abandonment and stuff until there's a romantic partner and you're like, oh, I'm feeling something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think you have to have done all of that work, but I do think some awareness um, could be good, right? You know, so if you know that you've already had issues with a parent, then it is very likely that some of that could spill over into a romantic relationship. So I think awareness of what the potential issues are and an openness to work on like new things that pop up are really all that needs to happen. You don't have to be completely healed, so to speak, to be in a relationship. So we can all breathe. Um, <laughs> one thing, right. though, I um, I am very analytical and observant, and I guess I can sometimes it can be considered overstepping. I remember in a previous relationship, um, he was like, had anger issues like the arguments were would like blow up and they would be too much and so I remember in one argument I was like do your parents argue a lot probably not the best time he flipped and tumbled <laughs> I said oh shit I shouldn't have said that it was really a question I wanted to know though an answer to because mm-hmm. I was trying to put pieces to the puzzle together to see <laughs> not now if that's why this is your um your way to communicate so he mm-hmm. flew, he was like, you trying to talk about my parents? I'm like, bruh, not trying to talk about no. your parents. I'm just asking a question. Mm-hmm. So right. how would you say that if people like want to inquire about their partner's parental relationships, <clears throat> do you think mm-hmm. that that's something that we should do or should we stay away from? And if so, how should we go about that? Mm hmm. Yeah, so probably not in the heat of an argument is probably not the time to yeah. have that conversation. <laughs> um, but I think once you know that a relationship is more serious, it's totally fine to like ask questions like, oh, tell me about your parents. Like, you know, in what kinds of ways do they communicate? What did you observe of them? You know, maybe not that clinical language, but like, <laughs> you know, like what kinds of things do they enjoy doing together? Or like when they fight, what does that look like? You know, because I mean, making the assumption that most parents probably fight. Or did you ever see your parents fight? You know, like what kinds of things did you see? So I think having those conversations in the like getting to know you kind of phase combined with like other things, um, you know, feels pretty like typical to me because you want to know like what kinds of dynamics they maybe have observed because it very likely is informing how they show up in relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, I dealt with two men with mother issues before. And after the first one, I should have known that that's probably not a role for me. I can't deal with. Mm, but what was the role you mm. felt you had to play? Their mother. 
That's how I feel. You know, I feel like, yeah, like they both didn't have their mothers around. Um, So the relationship, well, one was a strained relationship and one was just an abandoned relationship. And being with men who are very, um, they were sensitive, I would say, very attached and and tuned with their emotions. And then not having that mothering relationship early on, someone who would be there to offer that like gentleness and nurturing then growing up without it and getting to all of this, I said, it's too much, you know, coming to me. So, I mean, personally, um, that when I recognize somebody has some little mother issues, I'm like, Ooh, this might be challenging. This might be challenging. And both times it was both times I had to get out of there. Were they aware of the mother issues or. Um, one of them probably didn't realize it. And the other one was still always, very emotional and erratic he probably just I don't know <laughs> I said and I'm no psychologist I'm no therapist but I recognize that when I seen it I'm like you know your mother wasn't around when you were younger I'm sure you're dealing with something here and you are requiring too much of me to fix it right there's an empty space there and you want me to I'm gathering you want me to fix it to make you feel whole there's a part of that that I get, but also the part that makes me feel like we both didn't have fathers. So I would hate for somebody to be like, you didn't have a dad. I don't know about you. You know, what for I'm me, saying? though, personally, is to me, I feel like if you, there hasn't been some work around or you can't see you have mother issues is one thing to have father issues or recognize that there's a wound there versus relying on somebody and asking them to be everything that your father or your mother wasn't. And I feel like these particular people wanted me to be like very, very nurturing, extreme, like in a way that they probably are missing that they need some inner child work to be done. (laughs) It's what I'm feeling. Inner child. I think so. They probably had to repair it themselves. Like we all do. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what they needed from me at the time. I could not give. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's important to know, right? Like, whatever flavor, so to speak, people's issues show up as, if it's not a good fit for you, then it's okay to say that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, we don't have to kind of take on other people's issues kind of just to be in relationship with them. There's there's an important piece of, like, recognizing what your limitations are and what kinds of things are going to be, like, too much for you and and whether you're you're willing to kind of do that work with the person or not. And it's okay to say that you're not. Can't be your therapist. I wasn't. Can't be your therapist, King. Can't be your king. Can't be your therapist, and I can't be your mother, King. (laughs) Yeah. Go on. I don't think. um, Yeah, it is tough. It's tough, and thankfully that there there is mental health professionals to help guide us. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wonder how many do you have to go through to where you find a fit? Because, like I said, the one that I had. She she had great intentions, but it, it wasn't a fit. I can tell that it wasn't a fit. And if I'm being honest, the the work that I feel like it's going to take to find a fit, and this is an excuse, has deterred me from jumping back in because I just feel like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, is this going to be like dating? Like, why can't mm-hmm. I just find a therapist? It works. I send my little coins and then I come up healed. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating and I, I know that a lot of people can relate to that and I guess what I'm asking for like what are some tips or suggestions to overcome that intimidation and just do what you need to do mm-hmm. that's very fair I mean it is not always an easy process and I think sometimes especially if you've had like one kind of 
therapy relationship and it didn't do well, that sometimes leaves you feeling even more frustrated than like the first time you're trying to find someone. Um, you know, so I think it's important to acknowledge your feelings and to kind of, you know, do an assessment of like, okay, do I feel like I can take on the energy of finding someone new right now? Because maybe you are not in a place where you feel like you can, but maybe in a month or two, you might be in a different place. So I think it's important to just acknowledge where you feel like you are, but to also keep in mind where you feel like a therapist could help to take you next. Um, so when we're thinking about like who's going to be a good fit for us, it can, I know it, it is unfortunate, but it can be like a dating kind of thing, right? Because everybody is just not going to be a fit for you, you know? So we know that the thing that makes therapy most successful is the relationship you have with your therapist. And so if it's just not a good fit, then it's probably not going to feel like successful therapy to you. So you may have to kind of do a little bit of dating around, so to speak, um, to find the therapist who is going to be a good fit for you. So I typically encourage people to do as much research as you can. Um, so lots of therapists have websites at this point. You can kind of read more about who they are, what kinds of clients they work with. Um, lots of therapists are also active on social media or have a podcast or they've been guests on podcasts or they have videos out on YouTube. Um, so you typically can find a little bit more information about therapists so that you can get a bit of a feel um, for their personality, but also what kinds of things they specialize in. So you don't want to just get stuck on the personality. You also want to make sure that this person has expertise in whatever is bringing you to therapy mm -hmm. um, because that is going to be really important you know so if you are coming in with like a substance abuse concern or an eating disorder concern and this person nowhere on their website or on their social media is talking about those things then even if you love their personality they might not actually be a good therapist for you because they might not have the right training to be able to do what you need to do i love that I that's love a, that. that's great advice because sometimes we do just go black woman looking for <laughs> that's what i want a black woman and then <laughs> black woman might not always be ready to meet your needs because that that right. same situation happened to me i feel like i've done a lot of the preliminary work that i just need somebody to go deeper with me and this specific therapist couldn't really go she wasn't really pulling out what i needed her to pull out mm -hmm. so i'm mm -hmm. going to be using that advice going forward um because it's time time for me to get mm -hmm. back in there when i was listening to the <laughs> yeah. father daughter um episode that you did with nick mm -hmm. i was thinking hmm what about a black man therapist I, that mm -hmm. might be something to explore i've been keeping my heart set on black woman black woman you need to mm -hmm. know how i feel mm -hmm. you need to be able to relate i don't want to have to explain nothing extra to you mm -hmm. i just want to get down to the business but mm -hmm. i like i like what that brother was talking and i said hmm, maybe I should open up my mind to consider having a black male therapist because I do love the male perspective. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can try it out. It doesn't mean that I would love it in that setting, but it doesn't right. hurt to explore and see like what I can gather from it. So I appreciate mm -hmm. you yeah, for having me Yeah, and I think that that's on. important, you know, especially if you know that you're coming in with like relationship concerns related to your dad there are things that are going to likely happen between you and a black man therapist that would not happen between you and a black woman therapist, right? Mm -hmm. So generally we're all, you know, trained in the same kinds of ways, but there is something about like the dynamic, right? Like who we show up in as in and in the room as. And so when you're sitting across from a black man, 
and you know that you already struggle with some issues related to your father, there are likely things that are going to come up in the relationship between the two of you that are going to be great for you to be able to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do think it's really important to kind of keep your mind open to, wow, this is what I thought I wanted, but this person actually activates this other piece that is really important for me to work on. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> We're in the directory now, black <laughs> man. <laughs> Just black, black man, black. black Bring your credentials. Yeah, and black I, with credentials. I love to see the black um black men in mental health. We had a black male therapist on our show before and he provided us mm-hmm. with great insight. So, um all of the black mental health professionals killing it. We love you. We mm-hmm. need you. Mm-hmm. Like keep going, keep working because it's, it's essential work. It's essential and it's, it's life changing. Yes. And Dr. Joy, thank you so much for all of the insight that you've provided today, the work that you're doing with Therapy for Black Girls. Let our homegirls know where they can find you, how to get a hold of you, touch in and tap in mm-hmm. with you. Absolutely. So you can check out all the work that we are doing at therapyforblackgirls.com. You will find the directory there that you heard us talk about, as well as our weekly podcast that drops every Wednesday morning. Um, We also have a community within Therapy for Black Girls called the Sister Circle. Um, So for people who want to dig a little deeper into these topics or really get the support of other sisters, um, you can join us in the Sister Circle as well. Love that. Love that. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Joy. We appreciate you and the work that you're doing. Please keep going because we need it. Yes, thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you.